Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Let's get our Bibles out. We love the Bible here at the Rhodes Church. And we get a little excited when we open them up because we believe it is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. So if you got your Bibles, come on, get them out and open them to Matthew chapter 16. Woo! Matthew chapter 16. No sermon notes on the YouVersion Bible app, uh, so you're going to have to take them yourself. The note takers are world changers, so change your world by taking some notes. Let's pray. Let's just invite Jesus to speak to our hearts. Lord, I just open, as we open the word, I pray that you will open our eyes to see clearly what you want to see. We pray for the anointing of Holy Spirit to bring it to life. Lord, we don't want dead word. We want something living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Open our hearts and our eyes to see. I welcome you, Lord, and I pray that you will confirm the word with signs following, that people will see you, hear you, and be drawn to you and respond to you. You're the one that's worthy of the praise. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to start reading here in Matthew chapter 16 in verse uh, 18, just for time's sake. Uh, We've been talking about building the church where Jesus said, I will build my church. And and, uh, let's let's just read this passage here in verse 18. Jesus said, uh, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Who's talking here? Jesus. What did Jesus say? He said, I will build my church. So who's the church? The church is not a building. The church is people. Because when he was talking to these people right here, they were listening to him. He wasn't talking to a group that were getting ready to go build a structure. He was saying, I will build my church, people, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, who's going to do the building of the church? Jesus is. Jesus is going to be doing the building of people. You and I, we're all being built by Jesus. Isn't that encouraging? He said, I will build my church. Now, the word build is a progressive word. It's not something that just happens by the snap of a finger. It's something that's progressive. It's got adding different materials. It's building on. Building is something that takes time. It takes adding things. It takes building on. It's a process. And he says, I will build my people. I will build them up. The word church is the word ecclesia. We're reminded that this was not just talking about uh, one church building, but it's talking about a legislative assembly or governing group of people called out to change the culture of a region to match the culture of the one who empowers them. Do you see that definition? No, you do not. I have that definition somewhere. There it is. No, that's not it. I need the definition for ecclesia. If you can pull that up, that'd be. The definition for ecclesia, like I said, is this a legislative assembly or governing group of people called out to change the culture of a region to match the culture of the one who empowers them. That is the definition of the church. What are we supposed to do? 
We're supposed to, there it is right there. We're supposed to change the culture, right, of a region. What is the region? Where you live. We're called out to change the culture, to match the culture of the one who empowers them to change the culture. What is the church supposed to do? We're not supposed to hide out in a group in a building and talk about how bad the world is. We are supposed to change the culture to match the culture of heaven. 10% of the people believe that. I really, a lot of people don't believe that at all. A lot of people, even in the church, believe we're just supposed to survive and get out. That we're just supposed to hang in there, do the best we can. This world's going to hell in a handbasket. And I'll tell you what, you just got to hang on until we get out of here. I just went full bore Southern Illinois right there. Right, our mentality is not one of influence and change, it's one of survive too many times. But the Bible says we're called to be the next ecclesia, which is to, he says, I'm building up my people. I'm, I will build my people and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against them. I'm building up a church, a body of believers that will actually influence and change the culture to match the culture of, the, of heaven. What if, wild idea, what if the purpose of Christians was to change the culture of the world for the be just like the kingdom of heaven? How would we live our life differently if we weren't just complaining about the world, but we're emphasized on influencing and changing the world? What would it be like if Christians took a position of influence with authority the one who empowers them. What if we took, like, like, what if we actually thought we're the normal ones? I'm looking for someone who believes the Bible. What if, wild hair, what if we were the ones, Christians, followers of Jesus, who had the right way of living and actually felt like it was our responsibility to bring influence to match this culture with the culture that we've been over, uh, empowered to bring. What if, that was really what we're supposed to do, instead of almost being apologetic like we're weirdos. Oh, you believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Eek, I'm sorry you're so closed-minded and, and archaic and weird. Moses, Jesus, and Paul all said marriage between a man and a woman. Why are we bowing to culture? Because culture... I'm just saying we've either got to be the ecclesia or we've got to be a nice club that just has good meetings and we go home and we hide out and we don't... We go into work and we're just timid and... and I, Why are we ashamed of something that's supposed to have changed our lives? What if, I'm, I'm trying to lay the foundation for something. What if eternity was real and there's actually a God in heaven? 
What if, what if, I know it sounds weird, but what if there's actually a devil and a hell? I know it's wild thought, but what if there's a Jesus that came and died on a cross to pay the price for the sins of humanity? What if there's really something beyond the grave? How would we live our life now if all that was real? Would we be so apologetic about what we believe to be true? Why are we timid? Why are we timid? Why are we timid? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, a, maybe a, just an open-ending question for all of us to decide. But he said, I'll, I'll build my church. And what, I'm, what I feel like God's wanting to do today is talk about, give some eternity perspective. Because sometimes we lose this. Sometimes we forget. We get caught up in what we're doing and what we're living in. And we forget to look up and go, wow, this, this little blip of time. This, this little blip of 85, 95 years of our life, whatever it may be, less than that sometimes, we don't know. We don't know. But after this little blip, there's eternity. You can't see the end of it. Here, here's... You'll live a long life, 95. My grandma lived, lived me 90, 96 years old. That, it's that compared to eternity. So he says, I will build my church, so I will build my people. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So here's the question I believe the Lord wants to ask us. How are we building the church? How are we building the church? How's, how are we building with Jesus as he builds his church? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to start reading in verse 5. Everybody with me so far? I believe that with all of my heart that there's a... There's a de-emphasis that goes on in the world for eternity to lull us to sleep in the busyness of our jobs our work, everything going on, retirement, health insurance, rocking us to sleep while eternity is waiting. And we get so busy. I don't mean my wife. We have been so busy traveling all over the last three days. Going to volleyball games. We've been traveling, traveling, traveling. And you find yourself, you're going and you're coming and you're going. And what time is it? What day is it? We get so busy with things going on. If we're not careful, we will not look up and go, wait a minute. What matters in the grand scheme of things? What are the things that are going to matter in eternity? Jesus said, I will build my church. And the church is us, right? So verse 5 says, Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. There, Paul is addressing something that the church had started to divide. And it started to divide around a couple of dudes. Apollos was a very eloquent speaker, very good in communicating. He, he was uh, very good at preaching the gospel. 
uh, Priscilla and Aquila pulled him aside and began to teach him about the fullness of Holy Spirit. He didn't know about that, but they pro- pulled Apollos aside and he began to, they began to teach him the fullness of the gospel. And, and so Apollos was a very influential man in the early church preaching and, and bringing the gospel. And Paul, of course, the apostle Paul also. Paul wasn't as great a communicator. He wasn't eloquent a speaker, but he was incredibly intellectual, very, very, uh, very knowledgeable, had incredible revelations about the word of God. And it says, so then they begin to separate. And one would say, as a Christian, they'd say, well, I'm of Apollos. And another would say, well, I'm of Paul. Nah, 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 you Apollos people. I'm with the apostle Paul. Plants churches. Who's Apollos? And they begin to divide under their favorite leaders. And they begin to say things like, I'm of Baptist. I'm of Christian. I'm of Presbyterian. I'm of Charismatic. I'm of Catholic. I'm a. Was it easier when you were talking about Apollos and Paul? This is why I don't like when people say, well, I'm just a Baptist, or I'm just a Presbyterian, or I'm just a charismatic. Why are we, why are we labeling ourselves according to a denomination? We're either Christians or we're not Christians. The secretarianism or the separation comes when I say, I'm Baptist, or I'm Presbyterian, or I'm charismatic, or I'm Pentecostal, or I am this, therefore I'm not that. So therefore, you people stay over there, and I'll stay over here. Separation. That's what, that was what was happening, and Paul was addressing it. He was like, no, that's not cool. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, neither he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward. Okay, we're talking about eternity. Here's where we're coming up. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my people. Pay attention right here. He's saying to this, every single one of us are planting or watering every day. A lot of people separate themselves and say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not Paul, I'm not Apollos, I'm not, so I'm therefore, this is, this is separate from me. But I'm just bringing it home to you. Every single one of you, regardless of your age, you're either planting or watering, either for God or not for God. Every day, you're planting or watering something. It says, he who plants and he who waters He said, each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. His own reward, that's individual. According to his own labor, that's individual. So why are we emphasizing this? Because when we're talking about eternity, we're talking about standing before God, I'm going to receive my own reward based on my own labor, and it's not attached to you. Same for you. Your own labor or your own reward attached to your own labor that's not attached to anyone else. It's not attached to your wife. It's not attached to your husband. It's not I can say, well, my wife, she's the spiritual one of the family. I just kind of focus on work. No, my own reward or my own labor. It's not a household thing that Dawn's going to stand beside me and help me look good before Jesus. It won't work like that. There's an individual accountability in the kingdom of heaven. And unless we know that, we will pawn off on somebody else and say, I get in on them. We don't get in on anybody. We don't get to stand with anybody else. It's our own uh, reward based on our own labor. Again, just trying to help us understand. 
Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. Oh, this is good. What does it mean to be a fellow worker with God? The word fellow workers is one Greek word, translated two words in English, fellow workers. That means one who participates in the same activity. One who participates in the same activity. Here's the question for us. Are we participating in the same activity as God? We are God's fellow workers. What does fellow workers mean? That we're participating in the same activity as God. Or are we participating in our own activity and hoping God blesses it? There's a big difference in participating in the same activity with God and participating in Chad's activity and hoping God likes it. If we're not careful, we can just do our thing because we want to be the boss. And because we're religious, we will pray and say, God, just bless my job, bless my work, bless. Yeah. We're praying, praying blessings over our agenda wow. instead of praying to have his agenda. Yeah. Fellow workers, are we working with God's activity? Are we willing to change our activities to match God's, even if it makes us uncomfortable? You know what a fellow worker is? One, it's a worker. Some people are allergic to the word work. I don't know why. I've, I've, got, I've got, Lord, if this is not you, shut my mouth right now. <laughs> I was just getting ready to go off somewhere, and I'm like, Lord. Running around the track, he may trip and turn four and fall down. Let's just go with fellow workers. <laughs> fellow workers. I, I think Jesus is encouraging us all to filter our activity to ask, Lord, is this your activity or is it mine? Why? Because we get so busy. So busy. Running in circles, running in circles. And what do we say? Hey, how you doing? How's things going? Well, I'm really, I'm busy. Hey, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm busy, 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 busy. Boy, hey, how's your week going? Oh, busy, 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 busy. We just say busy, busy. What does that mean? What are we actually doing? I am busy, busy, busy. Man, I cannot stay up with this feed at all. <laughs> busy. So we can get busy doing a lot of activities, and they can be good, but are they God? And reason I'm trying to lay the foundation for this is because there's coming a day then the things that are of God are all that's going to matter. And when we're busy with a lot of good things, but it's not God things, I believe Jesus is, sub is submitting to us this morning, we're wasting our time. Like, I don't think I'm wasting my time. What I think about whether I'm wasting my time really doesn't matter. It's whether Jesus thinks I'm wasting time. Because in the end, he's the judge. <laughs> so he's going to sit there and go, that was wasting time. What am I going to say back? Oh, no, it wasn't. That was really important. No. I mean, what's your argument? But look what he says. We are God's fellow workers. We are God's field. 
I'm sorry, you are God's field and you are God's, God says we are two things. We are a field and we're a building. What do both of those things have in common? A field and a building. Farmers and construction guys, construction people, carpenters, whoever works in those fields, male, female, doesn't matter. You, You understand something that other people don't. A field and a building, both are processes. A field and a building, both are processes. A field is something, and that's what I love about Southern Illinois, in our rural communities, or even up in Carlinville. You go up in Carlinville, man, they're ground. They got that black dirt up there in Carlinville. But you got, what happens is a field is something, you just don't go out there and say, harvest be in Jesus' name. No, you have to get on the tractor in the spring. You have to work the soil, and then you have to plant it. Then you got to cultivate it and fertilize it and all this stuff. And then finally you get to harvest. But even it's growing a little bit at a time, and you're, you're asking for rain. and We need more rain. Not too much rain, but we need some more rain. All this process or a building. You're wanting to build a building. You, know, you, you got to lay, lay the foundation. Then you got to put up the studs or the walls and all. It's a process, and God says, you, you, you are a field and a building. So why are we complaining because our life is a process when the Bible says exactly that? He says, I will build my church. You know how we want him to build the church? Zappo! Build me! Now! He's like, I'm I'm working on it. I got studs up. When am I going to see the outside of the house? Done. Building takes time. How many have ever been part of a building project that took longer than what you wanted it to? (laughs) Selah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a project. Don't say anything back. Just receive it. Just receive it. We're not starting any arguments in church. Some people in the first service took liberties that I did not give them. (laughs) All right, look at verse 10. So, Jesus said, I will build my church. Who's the church? We are. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the what? I've laid the foundation. Here's something I learned. One of my wonderful farmer friends in between services. And I said, this is why you farmers should be ahead of everyone else when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. Because the kingdom of heaven works like a farmer. You guys should be light years beyond in Revelation. And he said, you know what's important about both a field and a building? He said, both of them have foundations. I said, what? What's the foundation of a field? He said, the fertility. If you don't have a fertility in that field, you've got nothing. I'm like, I said, can you preach second service? (laughs) Obviously, he's not here. But no other foundation, oh, sorry, Hugh, sorry, wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So wait a minute, there's a foundation laid and then there's a building on it afterwards. For no other, everybody say no other. What does no other mean? (laughs) Very good, very good class. It means no other. That's wonderful. We have the smartest church in the universe. No doubt about it. 
It is. It's hard to say what no other means other than no other. Uh, no other. No utter. Now we're milking cows. Stay focused. I got on the farm. It's hard to get off of it. For no, <laughs> for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is what? Which is Jesus, Jesus Christ. What is the foundation? Jesus. Jesus Christ. One more time. Be confident with it. What is the foundation? Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of everything. He is the foundation of our life. Everything is built on Jesus. Anything else, he says, there's no other foundation that anyone can lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, verse 12, now if anyone builds on this foundation, which foundation is he talking about when he says this foundation? He's talking about Jesus. So if we're talking about a person man or woman, who builds on the foundation of Jesus Christ, we're talking about someone who is born again. So now we're talking about Christians. He's writing this letter to a church, and he says, if anyone builds on this foundation, builds on the foundation of Jesus Christ, so now that tells me that once there's a foundation of Jesus Christ, the building is not done. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, what's the foundation? Jesus Christ. Well, once I've got Jesus Christ, what do I need? You need more of Jesus. It's too many people are saying that once I get saved, I'm done building. I've got saved. I've got water baptized. I'm 11 years old. I'm done building. Now I just wait until Jesus comes back. No, no, no. We've, the foundation is Jesus Christ, but it says now anyone builds on that. So we're still to build on our relationship with Jesus and keep growing. We don't stop because we punched a ticket in a prayer. Anyone who builds on this foundation, what are we building with? Gold, silver, remember these elements. Gold, silver, precious stones. Remember those three. Next three. Wood, hay, straw. How many is that total? Six. Unless you count precious stones as multiples. Verse 13. Each one's work. How many's work? Each one. Is that a group? We're talking about individuals. I'm asking a lot of questions. You're like, some people are afraid to answer. I'm sorry. I just like feedback. I, there's, there's a part of me that loves to make, I want to make sure people get something. I don't want to say something for entertainment purposes. I say things for revelation purposes so that you walk out and go, I got it. That's, that's my goal. So when, I, when we're reading over the Bible, I don't want you to just hear, when they really phrased that good, that's wonderful. I want to say, did you get it? So each one's work will become clear. Each one's work, what are we talking about? How they built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church. He's building us. We are God's building. We are God's field. Look what he says. We're going to build on this. Each one's work will become clear before the, for the day will declare. The words, the day, day is capitalized. What does that mean? The day, capital D. That's talking about judgment day. That's the day, not the day as in World War II. I'm talking about the day is judgment day. The day that we stand before Jesus and have to give an account for our life. It says each one's work will become clear. In other words, if there's any question, anybody ever driven the other day it was a little foggy? Anybody ever driven when it's foggy and you can't see really well? You know, planes won't fly when it's foggy because you can't see very good. 
It's not clear. But the Bible says here there's coming a day when everything will become clear. There'll be nothing foggy. There'll be no questions. There'll be no, uh, there'll be no vagueness about what does that really mean? What is that really about? You see, each, the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's, how many? Each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. A reward? What? I thought, I thought we are just getting saved. What do you mean rewards? This is someone who is a Christian built on Jesus, and they've built on that relationship. They've matured in the relationship with Jesus. It says that anything that they've built on it endures. What is going to endure out of the six things that we mentioned? Gold, silver, precious stones. Is wood, hay, and straw going to survive a fire? No. Will gold, silver, and precious stones, what happens to them in a fire? They get refined. Do they get more valuable or less valuable? More valuable. So God's going to take the things that we did for him in the earth that are of him, and when it comes to that day, they will actually increase in value. There's going to be, help me, Lord. Can I have 45 more minutes? I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, no, absolutely not. Here's my point. Some people were doing things, and you're like, nobody even pays attention to that. Nobody knows. Nobody sees it. It may be minuscule, seemingly small right now, but I'm telling you, there's coming a capital D day. And at that day, everything you've done for Jesus will be clearly seen. And though it was small in value, nobody knows. It was just praying all by yourself in your prayer closet. You're praying for other people. You're, you're praying as God directed you to, or, or you fed that person. You gave them a meal. Nobody knows. You paid for their meal as anonymous, or, or you took some. I don't know what it is, but what no one knew, Jesus will know. And that day, what was small here will actually increase in value when it comes under the fire. It says, but if anyone's work is burned, What's going to burn? Wood, hay, and straw. He of suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. Talking about a person that's born again, and everything they built their life on, they love Jesus. Jesus was the foundation of their life, but they started to build on Jesus with things that were not eternal. My job became very important to me. How much money I made became very important to me. I sacrificed serving Jesus because I was serving myself. I stopped doing some things because I was busy taking care of us, enjoying the things that God blessed us, so I stopped actually praising God, serving God. I don't know what it looks like, but there are going to be some things that we have a foundation of Jesus Christ, but the problem is too many in the church have just got the foundation of Jesus Christ, but they're not building on gold, silver, and precious stones. They're building on wood, hay, and stubble, and they think, oh, it's no big deal as long as I get into heaven. I'm just trying to bring some, pers pers uh, some uh, eternal perspective because I think that's what Jesus is saying is lacking in the body of Christ. We're just going through the motions, and we're not thinking eternity is coming. And I'm telling you, friends, it's coming soon. I don't know when, but I know it's coming. 
And when it comes, we'll be standing before Jesus and the fire, all of our works, everything we've built on is going to come before God. And then the fire is going to purge all of our work, each own's work. It's all going to be, fire's going to come. And the only thing that's going to last is the gold, silver, and precious stones. Everything else, whoosh, it's like Don and I were talking about the other day and I just said, I want to be mindful that what I'm so busy with how will it measure up in eternity? When I'm spending all my time and resources, when the fire comes, will it endure or will it go poof? And I spent my whole life building that, thinking it was good, and it goes up in a blaze of glory all in one second. I'm still saved. I get in. The Bible says this person was saved through fire, but no reward. No reward. The other person got rewards. This person, no rewards. They got in, and you're like, hey, that doesn't matter. As long as I get in, I think it's going to matter. Doesn't matter in your eternity. Please don't get me wrong. This person was saved. I'm just thinking, I think we're going to care on that day whether we get rewards or not. I think we're going to have an eye-opening epiphany of perspective to go, wow, what was I thinking? Why did I think that mattered? When I drove past that person over and over and over and God told me to, to share the gospel with them or, or God told me to feed them or God told me to do something and I, I was too busy. I was too busy, 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 busy. I couldn't do what God asked me to do. I couldn't serve. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was just too busy. Eternity's coming. You're like, that's not to scare anybody, but I think it's Jesus trying to warn us that we've got to be careful. We're not living our life for the sake of something that's not going to matter in eternity. Julie shared something with me during worship and I think it bears witness with sharing it right now see our friend Troy and his family just his wife transitioned into heaven the funeral just yesterday and just talking with Troy yesterday what he was saying his confidence and that's what Julie was commenting on his confidence of Angela's eternity was overwhelming. It was oozing out of him. I'm, I know he's, I know there's mourning. I know there's sadness. And I, I, I know internally. So God bless what he's doing in Troy. But something was coming out of his mouth. And my Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and I've found in the day of adversity, that's when what's really in comes out. I, that's what I've ran into in, in all my experiences. That When the pressure really comes, what's really on the inside of them is what comes out of their mouth. They got a good talk here and good talk there. But in the moment of desperation, he's still spewing faithfulness. Worshiping God, thanking God. She's in eternity. Man, God saved her. Man, God did this. God did. We're rejoicing in what God's done in her life. How does that happen? That does not happen without a confidence and an assurance of a foundation of Jesus Christ. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen like that. It, it cannot happen. I've done a lot of funerals where there was not that level of confidence. And it's when only when someone's built on a foundation that says, when I breathe my last right here, 
Start the party. Start the party. Because those who believe in me, Jesus said this to, to Martha, said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? When you have a foundation on this and you can have it today, if you don't have that assurance, you can have it today. That if I breathe my last right now, I'm built on a foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus being the chief cornerstone, that I'm going to be with him for eternity. And that I'm going to stand before him someday and I'm building my life around the gold, silver, and precious stones. I'm reevaluating everything, saying, Lord, am I wasting time in the name of entertainment and fun and whatever? And my job, am I working 70 hours a week over and over for the sake of money and I'm forsaking God? I don't know what it is. Judging no one, just giving you an opportunity to ask the Lord, God, what's going to matter on that day? What's going to matter? What's going to matter? If you would, would you just stand to your feet with me? All of our locations together, just stand. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just bow your heads with me? Friends, Jesus is talking to us all. I'm not talking down to anybody. I, uh, Jesus is talking to us all. He's talking us about eternity, and he's talking, us, talking to us about how are we building our life. What are we building it on? What are we building it with? What materials are we using? Are we asking him, are we his fellow worker? Are we involved in his activity? Or are we asking him to bless ours? Are we just doing our thing and not even asking him and hoping it's fine? I believe we can live with a little more certainty than that. I believe God wants us to ask him, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? Lord, more specifically, what do you want to do today? Who do you have on your mind today, God? What's on your heart today? I want to build on gold, silver, and precious stones today, Lord. I don't want to waste any more days. Everything is up for grabs. Whatever you want to change in my life, I don't want to waste building another day. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.